Good morning, Mavs fans. Welcome to Mavs Moneyball Minute. My name is Kirk Henderson, and I'm editor-in-chief of MavsMoneyball.com. You are joining me on Monday, October 10th. Thank you for spending part of your morning with me. I wanted to get to some stories that have developed over the weekend around Mavsland, uh, along with some things that you might have missed last week on MavsMoneyball.com. Uh, if you were not on the internet at all on Sunday, and I wouldn't blame you, news broke from Mark Stein that Faku Compazzo might be joining the Dallas Mavericks. Uh, they are pondering whether to offer him a contract. The phraseology is different depending on where you look, but that is particularly interesting and also frustrating for me. We have the link in the show notes, which I recommend you click on, but for those of you who are unaware Compazzo is a 31-year-old Argentinian point guard who spent the previous two seasons with the Denver Nuggets where he was forced into a larger role than he probably signed up for due to their injury history. However, he's been on the free agent market. He has a couple of uh, offers from EuroLeague teams or or maybe it's it's two EuroLeague teams are interested in signing him. Uh, and he is still looking for a NBA team to call home. I would be incredibly frustrated if this was the direction the Mavericks went because it would mean not only were we right the whole time about them needing a third ball handler, they would have missed all the other options on the market and we're going with someone that isn't signed to an NBA team for a reason. Uh, if you haven't watched Compazzo play, he's 5'10", can't shoot, and doesn't really have a place in the NBA outside of playing kind of a over, he's a little bit of a dangerous player, I think, uh, in terms of how he plays defense. Sometimes he tries to bait people into things. I, I'm just not a fan. Uh, I don't think it would work. Uh, so understanding that, uh, looking forward to Compasso being signed just because I said I don't like him. So that news also comes off the 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 heels of, of news that was uh, happened in a scrum on Saturday with practice with Jason Kidd responding to a question uh, you know, about Dinwiddie coming off the bench in the Friday game against Orlando. And he said that Spencer Dinwiddie is going to come off the bench to start the season, which is, uh, you know, backtracks a lot of what has happened, you know, over the summer and to start, you know, training camp and media day. So it's an interesting development to be sure. It sort of speaks to the fact that the Mavericks think they need to spread their ball handling minutes out even more, at least as the roster is currently constructed, uh, because otherwise it would you know, be pretty much one of Luca or Spencer Dinwiddie playing the entire first quarter and depending on how they break up those minutes. Uh, the, if, if Luca's is going to be handling the ball an awful lot, it, it makes sense in the short term until they find a, another answer as ball handler. It also speaks to the fact uh, that the Mavericks current options as a third ball handler that they have mentioned, meaning Josh Green and Frank, Frank Nilakina have not shown enough uh, to date. I have not been particularly enthused by Frank Nilakina's play as he's played 23 preseason minutes, doesn't have a single assist to his name, but I also don't think he's gotten to handle the ball that much. Josh Green has also had some opportunities. He's actually, I thought he's played okay for what he's been able to do in terms of running the offense, and that's something I wouldn't mind seeing more of. They need to go all in with Josh at some level, otherwise they they should probably figure out a means to move on from him because uh, if, if he's... You know, he's had plenty of opportunities the last two years to show something, and I think he will be an NBA player at some point, but maybe not the NBA player the Mavericks need. Um, those two stories are up on MavsMoneyBall.com. Again, links in the show notes. 
next, I wanted to go over a piece that I liked by uh, one of our authors, David Trink. He's going to be doing a weekly column grading the Dallas Mavericks. Uh, he, he's going to grade the team. He's going to give uh, you know A's out. He's also going to note who sort of failed the week. I don't want to spoil the story for you, but David's been putting a lot of time and thought into this process over the offseason as we've been coming up with weekly column ideas and reasons for you guys to return to the Dallas Mavericks. Uh, I'm sorry, to the, the MavsMoneyBall.com website. Uh, the next piece that I wanted to point out was Ben Zadell's uh, look at the Southwest Division. Uh, you know, we know that the Spurs are going to be terrible, probably tanking harder as they've hard as they've tanked since the Tim Duncan, uh, the the race for Tim Duncan way back when. The Rockets will also probably struggle, but I think they're going to be better than they think. Which then brings us to New Orleans, the Mavericks, and the Memphis Grizzlies. And depending on how things come out, I could see any of these three teams, you know, winning the division. It's going to be a lot of fun. The Southwest division is absolutely brutal as always. Um, then we have a set of pieces from Jordan Brodess, who wrote, he writes these pieces every year and he, he takes a kind of a deep look at the schedule. And the first piece is, you know, five games that will make Mavericks fans rejoice. Basically games to circle games that are locks not only in terms of being a win, but also just like sheer entertainment value. Uh, And then there's five games that will make you rage. And these are games that he's recommending, you know, if you have something going on that night and you you have to miss the Mavericks, that's okay. Because they might be schedule losses or, you know, just games that are sort of set up within the Dallas schedule to be extra struggle, struggle bus. And that's never any fun. Um, Then we have one more piece that was published late last week. Uh, David Trink wrote something else for us where he was doing a prediction of the statistical leaders of the Dallas Mavericks. Now, an easy bet is to assume that Luka Doncic is just going to, like, run away with most of the statistical categories. But, you know, he he has some interesting ones in here that I think are worth time. You know, games played, blocks, some of the more uh, interesting. I, I like that he tries to predict fouls, which is fun. Miles ran. There's some good ones in here. Uh, and he does some graphing, you know, because he's he's really into statistics and math. And this is this is fun. Um, my favorite one might be the last one where he says largest NBA 2K rating jump. I don't want to spoil any of the players for you. I want you to go check this out. Comment, respond to me. Let me know what you think. Um, all right, guys, this has been a good way to kick things off a little later today. I have a podcast coming out with longtime friend of the show and frenemy of Mavs fans, Matt Moore of the action network, where we talk Mavericks betting, win totals, all sorts of different stuff. Uh, and you know, with no game until Friday, we're going to be doing different content. I have at least two pieces scheduled every day this week at Mavs Moneyball, and there will probably be more once we get, you know, more news about practice scrums. Maybe they do sign Compazzo and I will be mad online. That'll be fun for everybody. Uh, but we'll see. I, I still don't really think the Mavericks will actually do that with how much, uh, they've committed to length and defense and things like that. This off season, that is not Compazzo's game. Um, we have, you know, the shows from over the weekend, the, uh, Spotify live that was recorded late, late Friday night. We have the recap show and we'll be doing some more shows throughout the week. Thank you for spending part of your Monday and I hope you all have a great day. Talk soon.